You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's obviously me, Danny. So, um, yeah, my voice is not fucking getting better. Um, I was sick when I came back from New York. Not really sick, but just like my throat was really bothering me. And then I worked a gig and it just like made me start coughing and had like an extra raspy voice even more than I usually do. And uh, then it's feeling super like congested. You're welcome. And I've been doing like the whole drinking the teas, doing the right medication, um, oil of oregano, all that stuff. And I'm on day 19 now of my throat and, like, sinuses just driving me crazy. So I went to the doctor yesterday, and um, he just was like, oh, yeah, like, take some, like, nasal spray and you're good. So I'm not contagious or anything, thank God. I just, like, sound, look, and uh, feel like shit. So so there's that. (laughs) Um... What else to tell you about? So an interesting little thing is how vast the listeners are in this podcast. The the variety is so cool. So I'm just going to list you off off the top 10 locations of where the listeners are. And it always amazes me when I get like a random person in Thailand listening or um, Ireland or anywhere like that. It's so neat to um, have that wide of a reach. So these are the top 10. So starting with the number one going down to 10. First is obviously Canada because I'm Canadian and most of my friends are Canadian. Second is US. Third, Germany. Fourth, Mexico. Fifth, Australia. Sixth, the UK. 7th, India, 8th, Thailand, 9th, Austria, and 10th, Ireland. So shout out to everyone in all those places. Thank you for listening. So cool. And if you are in like Mexico, UK, India, Thailand, Australia, any of those like places I mentioned before or anywhere like anywhere really, hit me up and let me know how sex work is out there. Even if you partake in it to whatever degree, whether you're a sex worker or a patron, Um, I'm so curious about how it is for people outside of Vancouver because I'm I'm well-versed in Vancouver. Educate me. I'm I'm so interested in it. So throw me a message, um, fill me in, or even just let me know how you came across the podcast. It's so cool that, you know, people in India are listening and have somehow stumbled across it. So I'm very interested in how, what brought you to that, um, to my page or to the podcast. So Yeah. Um, the lap dance class I spoke about before, I've had several of you message me asking for more information. Stoked. I'm, I'm so happy that it was well received. I've partnered now up with Amanda from the Bad Academy, and she's one of the lovely ladies that I partnered up with for the sex reeducation, um, a few weeks back. And, you know, she reached out to me saying, Hey, I know you want to do the lap dance class. I like specialize in putting together workshops let's collab and I was like fuck yeah let's do it so right now we are securing the venue figuring out pricing figuring out kind of our workshop plan but we're looking at Monday in November so it's coming up stay tuned I will definitely be posting on my personal and the podcast Instagram Amanda will be getting it out there too as soon as we know more so if you are interested definitely throw me that DM let me know you're interested let me know you want to be on the list of people contacted first about tickets and about getting in on that lap dance class. So I'm really excited about that. And for the sex worker course, I know a lot of you have reached out to me about that as well. And that is in the works, (laughs) just very, very slowly. It's kind of on, sadly, near the bottom of the list of things right now that are um, most pertinent in my life. So I'm still 100% behind the idea. I still will try to get that out as soon as I can, but, um, I just haven't had much free time to work on it and I don't want to have asset. So my girlfriend and me are still, you know, brainstorming and making a mission plan and doing all that. And it's in the works and I will keep you posted as it comes closer to completion. 
Um, just a tidbit. I just finally thought of this when I was um, kind of brainstorming for this episode. I, when I'm an avid online shopper to like a, a bad degree, but especially for work stuff. And I mentioned before, you know, I have a walk-in closet and half of it is dedicated to work outfits that have tags on them and pleaser shoes that have never been worn. It's so bad and so good. Um, but a bunch of girlfriends at mine at the club, they're always wearing these one pieces that look so fucking amazing on them. And I always find... Well, I, one pieces are just my jam. I fucking love them. So especially like a nice high rise thong one piece with a good cleavage. Um, yeah, killer. So they always tell me sexy Susan on Instagram. So I purchased three of her bodysuits a couple months ago, wore it for the first time this past week, got so many compliments, such good quality. They're not crazy pricey. It's between like I think 40 to 55 for the bodysuit. They're really well made, so I uh, I bought three more today, and already like eager for them to come in. So just a shout out to any sex workers out there, strippers or women in general, looking for some really sexy pieces. Uh, sexy Susan's on Instagram. Her shit is amazing, and obviously middle aged stripper um, exotic outlet. Her outfits are are dope too. So definitely shout out to both those women. Yeah, so I'm, oh, what else is new? I'm selling my car. I have like a little green Volkswagen bug, which people always laugh like, this is not the car I pictured you with. And like 100%, I agree. It has does have a turbo engine, which um, gives it a good kick and it's, and it's a standard, so it's fun to drive. But yeah, no, a green bug is totally not, um, not my suit. But the only reason I'm getting rid of it is living downtown Vancouver. I have not touched it once since last December, I think. So it's just sitting there taking up space and uh, I may as well like sell it to someone who's actually going to use it. Uh, I just don't need a car in Vancouver and um, yeah, I may rent out my parking space. There you go. So the thing with that, the reason I said that is like, oh my God, I posted on Craigslist literally last night and I've gotten so many emails just being like, hi, I'm interested. Like, no, like, tell me, like, it says a thousand or best offer. It's just a little, like, it's not a nice car, right? So I don't care. I don't really, like, I'm not selling it really for the money. I'm selling it more for just to clear space. So, uh, you know, or best offer. And uh, all they'll say is, like, interested. Or they'll, like, send me their phone numbers. I'm like, no, that's not how you respond to an ad. You ask whatever questions you're curious about. Ask if you can set up a viewing. Like, throw in a ballpark offer. Um... But yeah, and then so I went into the bat in the ad and like edited it and was like, hey, like respond correspondence via email only. Um, I do not want strangers having my phone number, so please don't me email me asking for phone number exchanges, um, blah blah blah. And it was up for like not even an hour, and I got like three more people being like, hey, can I get the contact number? It's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> You're not giving me my car. You're annoying me already. Um, so that's like a little rant about trying to fucking deal with Craigslist people. It's almost as bad as cam people. Um, so I also had the privilege this past week of talking with uh, Jen Duan. She has a podcast called the Taking Back Slut Podcast. And it's awesome. It's kind of the same uh, train of thought as mine. Not sex work orientated but just female sexuality and sexuality in general and owning it and just really the idea of taking back being a slut and that's not a bad thing and we should not feel guilty for being sexual creatures in whatever way that looks for you as long as it's you know with consenting adults and I love that I love what that's about I love what she's about um so she reached out to me saying hey would you be interested in being on my podcast and I'm like fuck yes I would like I love everything, you know, you're representing and the platform you're providing. So yeah, we did the podcast episode. It was released uh, a few days after we did it. I'm going to release it as one of my podcast episodes in the upcoming weeks. So um, if you don't want to wait for me to release it, you can jump over to her page and listen to it. Uh, Her Instagram is at J-E-N-N underscore D-U-A-N. Jen Duan and uh, give it a listen there or you can wait a few weeks and it's coming out on mine <laughs> but yeah it was a pleasure she had great questions and um, yeah I was honored to share her platform with her 
What else? Um, okay, so I had a lovely friend of mine. He is like one of the biggest supporters of my podcast. He's a fucking gem. And he always listens to each episode and he writes me in and, uh, you know, has little tidbits or responses or whatever. And he's he's been in Vancouver for a long time and he really does have an interest in sex work and being a sex worker ally. And, you know, um, he has such an amazing mind and just me just going off on him because he's such a dope person. But, uh, yeah, he'll throw little tidbits my way every once in a while or documentaries I should watch. I know before he mentioned a documentary about the strip club scene in Vancouver, which I still need to fucking get on up. This reminds me now I need to message him for the title or a place I can download it. But um, I'll let you guys know about that because I think a lot of you would be interested in it. But, yeah, so uh, he messaged me regarding the um, massage episode and he said, hey, I have, like, a sex worker hack. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, let's hear it. I'll share it. And so he said, if you want to be a masseuse, you should really look into getting your RMTs, or your RMT certificate at some point, especially if you live in Alberta or near the, the oil patch. They all have full medical, which covers 500 to 1,000 a year in massage or physio, but medical only concerns legit massage. So if you don't mind claiming some of your earnings, you can get a lot of work by offering an erotic massage as well and provide receipts for a therapeutic massage with your RMT number on it so they can get reimbursed by their medical plan uh, provider. Guys used to submit receipts from the actual rub and tug, but they got caught on. So now you need an RMT number on the receipt so they know it's legit. So any um, erotic masseuse listening or anyone interested in the industry, that is such a brilliant way to do it so you're not, you know, getting fucked on your taxes. And uh, it also is just um, more appealing to clients, too, to know that they're going to get a legitimate RMT certificate that they can uh, legally write off. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for that tidbit. I'm sure at least one person is going to benefit from knowing that. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, guys, you don't always need to write in just questions or um comments you can definitely write in and be like advice you have or little things you've learned or you know um I'm not the only one that has you know shit to say a lot of you are uh will know things that I don't even know so definitely write me in educate me on things that's awesome so thank you for that uh what else oh I had okay so episode nine going back to that can you smell me episode right so this is my platform to be as you know, fucked up or crude or disgusting, if you want to say, or, or open in whatever form that looks. And I had a guy who had actually reached out to me. I don't, I don't even remember how he was on my Instagram. I think it was from back in the day when I dabbled with like Bumble or something. And he had like added me on that. And um, he reached out to me a while back being like, hey, like, what does it take to get like hot strippers to go out with me? And I was like, you know, you pay them. And so he's like, okay, well, how much? And what does it look like? So I was telling him all the, all the typical pricing for women in Vancouver, more like um, like pricier of women. Um, you know, they, they range quite a bit. I was telling him the prices I would have and for, you know, lunch, dinner, whatever. And, um, you know, it came back with a typical <laughs> lame man response. being like, well, I don't even really need to pay. I'm just, like, too busy to find a girlfriend. It's like... No one's too fucking busy to find a girlfriend. If you're trying this hard and you can't find no one, like, maybe it's like an issue with you and maybe, like, you do need to pay people to give you attention. Like, maybe that's your route. Anyway, so I just don't have patience for, like, comments like that. So anyway, I already was kind of like, man, don't really, like, dig what this person's about. And then <laughs> they responded to my post about my episode and was like, that's fucking disgusting. Blah, 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 blah about me fingering myself and my girlfriend smelling it. And I was like, are you saying like something that is very natural for a woman's body is disgusting? And I'm, and I know uh, Jen has mentioned that on her podcast too, and she has really great episodes about your period and about your vagina and things that women are taught like not to talk about and we're not taught. So um, he was kind of like bashing like pretty much like women's vagina smelling so I was like 
that's an extremely natural thing for a woman. <laughs> and, like, you're making it sound like it's, like, disgusting. And, um, you need, like, you need to check yourself kind of thing. Because I just want to say now, uh, vaginas smell... And everyone smells different and your smell can change personally, even on your cycle and all that is natural. Discharge is natural. All that shit's natural. You do not need to be embarrassed. I'm just going to have this little PSA here. You don't need to be embarrassed about it. You know, um, I don't know if I ever actually said in the podcast last one, my, my vagina did not smell, um, as confirmed by my girlfriend, but even if it had smell, like that's a natural thing that happens. Women sweat, women, you know, wear tight clothes all day. Like that's normal. Anyways, this very uneducated man who clearly does not have much interaction with women, you know, that's disgusting. No, it's not. Anyways, he's like, well, that's like me sticking my finger in my ass and making my friend smell it. And I said, are you equating a woman's vagina to your asshole? (laughs) Like, what? And he's like, yeah. So anyway, so I blocked him. He unfollowed me. (laughs) Like, good, good riddance. I don't, I'm not, I'm not about anything you're about, so, um... Yeah, on that same train of thought, um, on my 50 Plus a Tip podcast, um, Instagram, you'll notice that (laughs) I have very certain type of people that follow me, and that's because I I make it a point to weed out the people that request it, or not request it, but that follow me, I block a lot. I block a lot of um, cis males. Um, one, because unless, and I mean, I'm judging from an Instagram, but unless they look like they're like, you know, a, t- a potential sex worker ally or a genuine interest and they're coming from a place of like compassion, if it's just a like creepy guy wanting to see, you know, stripper photos or, um, leaving like disrespectful, crude comments on my photos, I have a zero, uh, percent policy on that like zero policy like zero acceptance policy because um the whole point of this podcast of my instagram page is to have a place where women can be sluts be open ask questions learn educate themselves and men too men i like be a be be a sex worker ally be a female ally um be okay with women's sexuality and like be supportive of it and you know, if someone's coming on my page and, and not showing those same standards, then you're blocked. And if it looks like a fake account, I block it. You know, I'm not I'm not all about my follower numbers going up. I don't care. I'd rather, you know, quality people following me over quantity. And, you know, it's I've seen a large increase in people following me just having started this podcast again in the last, you know, couple months. And that's awesome that it's, it's had such a reach and that people are responding. And I, I fucking love that. And Thank you to everyone who shares the podcast and encourage like people to follow. So much appreciation for that. But I still want it to be a community of like love and acceptance and encouragement and a safe place for people to own their sexuality and not be ashamed. So that being said, I I do block a fair amount of people. <laughs> I'm sure some of you saw my post recently about this. Um, what was it? Chris Albert guy. They're like, I would never date a stripper. And then my girlfriend found it was like his grade eight kid. Uh, yeah, blocked. Like, no, <laughs> I don't care how old you are. I don't care that you're like prepubescent. Like, fuck off. <laughs> um, so now I'm just gonna go on my rant of all men that I hate. So my boyfriend is uh, out in CN. He's working in Winnipeg, as I'm sure some of you know. So my podcast and um, Instagram page I mentioned that he's doing training out there and then he's gone working for CN, which is the railway. Great job. But a girlfriend of mine's boyfriend also worked at CN before and she had warned me that a lot of the people that work in CN are, um, I'm not everyone, but a lot of them are very like hicks, uneducated, womanizing men. Like, great. Like my boyfriend is going to fit in totally. Like, and it's, and he, he himself will come back with so many stories each night, he, you know, we FaceTime each night and he tells me, he's like, oh my God, this guy today. And this is why we hate men and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I fully expected these stories, but one has like really stuck out with me. I think it's beyond disgusting. And as soon as I heard it, I messaged, you know, I have a, a WhatsApp group called like Foxy Ladies and it's the four of us that usually typically travel and work together. And um, I posted in the group, you know, look at the, what this guy's doing. And they were like, that's fucking disgusting. You should anonymously, anonymously report him. 
So I am all for like gender fluidity and uh, identifying as different genders than what you're born with and feeling that you're, the body you were given is not what you are. And I'm, I fully understand that is a very real thing for some people. And I support people's decision to change either physically their uh, gender assignment or legally change it. I, I fully support that. Let me do that disclaimer. But this, I don't want to call him a gentleman, this fucking goof was sitting at the table bragging to the other guys and my boyfriend's there listening that he has his gender legally changed from a man to a woman even though he does not self-identify as a woman he is in a male body and he identifies as a male he went and got it legally changed to a female so that one jobs would hire him because a lot of trades jobs, they have a requirement for a certain percentage of female hiring. And he knew that he'd have like a one-up on other men if he was in the minority of people replying that are female or classified as female. And he also said he changed it legally so that he would save money on his insurance because male-female, it does play a role in the insurance you pay and other tax breaks. So... John was like flabbergasted and was like, what the fuck? And he even said to the guy, like, this is what John's told me. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you a story I heard. But, you know, he said to the guy, you know, that's, that's disgusting. And, you know, there's people that have had horrible things happen to them and rights stripped from them because they self-identify as something they were not born as. And they've, you know, a lot of trans people have suffered and died for their right to live the life they want and the life they believe in. And like you're really abusing what people have fought for for a really disgusting self-gain. Something along those lines. I'm sure he was a little nicer saying it. And uh, the guy kind of like laughed and was like, oh my God, you're so uptight. And it just like irks me so fucking much. And... And it's the same idea as, like, if someone were to go around claiming theirs, I mean, to a lesser degree, I don't want to minimize or directly compare because I can't relate to being a trans person or not identifying as the gender I was originally assigned. So that's my disclaimer there. But it would piss me off if someone were to say they're a sex worker to gain some kind of benefit being under that guise. Um... So I can only imagine how I would feel if I were a trans person hearing something like that. And that's so disgusting. And I think, like, if anyone from CN is listening, like, this guy should lose his fucking job. And, like, I don't know, some form of, like, legal consequence. Um, Like, he should have to go, like, volunteer at a trans community center or something like that so he can see how people really are living these lives and struggling and how disgusting it is that you're abusing abusing that um, weird little loophole you think you found. So, hate this fucker. Every time John mentions him, like, oh, that guy's a fucking goof. Like, someone needs to take him out. Like, ugh, I have no respect for this fucking guy. When I was in Winnipeg, I saw him, and, and John's like, that's him pointing out. I just stared at him like, I want to stab this fucker. Um, but like, Lord help me. I'm trying to be better with my temper. So I'm going to not hurt this goof. But if anyone is listening on Winnipeg, you find him. <laughs> and I didn't tell you to. Um, but yeah, so gross. What else do we have? Uh, speaking of my Winnipeg trip, total fucking waste in the sense that I was supposed to go out there and work. That did not happen. This is like the 10th time I've arranged for myself to be out in a pig and working and something always comes up. But this time, I booked my fucking one way. I spoke to a club. I was set up for dates to work. And, uh, you know, I fly in, see John. We're um, together. So it's not not total waste. But I uh, get a, a message the morning after I arrive from my land landlord 
saying that there's a leak coming down into the unit below me and that they need to get to my apartment as soon as possible to, uh, like, assess it. And I'm thinking, like, fuck, is my fucking apartment flooding right now? Like, what the fuck? And uh, I don't have um, a key that my landlord's or my building manager has because I change the locks once I move into a new place. I don't know if that's legally allowed, but you know what? As a, a woman who, for the most part, lives alone, especially now that John's in CN, I don't feel safe with people I don't know having access to my apartment. Um, and also as a dancer and having cash, and, and even if it's in a safe, like, I just, I'm not down for it. So they couldn't get into my apartment. They said, you know, we could pick the lock. I'm like, no, I don't want people picking my lock and being in my apartment when I'm not there. So I had to arrange for, like, a next-day flight back because I didn't have a one uh, ticket yet so it was $700 to fly back from Winnipeg I got to spend like two nights there uh the trip ended up costing me like what was it I think it was like almost $1,500 pretty much in just like flights and taxis and like not even experiencing getting to work out there or spending the two weeks with my boyfriend which I originally planned so that was a total fucking piss off. Better yet, when I come home, the plumber comes in and he cut out like six huge fucking holes in my wall and came, comes to me and says, oh, well, it looks like the leak's above you. We'll get someone to patch these holes up. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I just like left my two week trip into a two night trip you know, spent a pretty penny for nothing. Not nothing. I saw John, blah, blah, blah. But, and they didn't even need me here. So I was pretty fucking choked. The pros of being in Winnipeg was that, one, I got to see John. Um, long distance is hard, obviously. And I miss him. So it was nice to sleep in the same bed together again. Nice to get some fucking sex again, obviously. And I got to catch up on my uh, Glitch Season 3. And if you guys aren't watching that show, what the fuck are you doing with your lives? Um, A lot of people haven't heard of it. It's like an Australian TV show. It's like a mystery. Um, Some people rise from the dead. It's not like like ghosts and like shit like that they actually like come back as living people and it's more so a mystery of like how they came back and that but it's Australian um if you don't mind listening to accents it's um like who the fuck does accents are amazing it's a really good tv show and they're on the third season it's on Netflix it's called Glitch I'm not getting paid to sponsor I'm not sponsored by them I'm not getting paid to promote it but I 100% watch it it's fucking good so at least I got to catch up with my glitch on the plane <laughs> that's one silver lining um, but yeah, so what else? Oh, so I went to work, um, this past week and super proud of me. Cause I, as you know, I don't go into the club very often anymore. I find, um, it personally very draining the club a lot more than PR or one-on-ones or, you know, sugar daddy dates. So don't go in very often, but with John not being here and, you know, October, November, December are the best months typically for work. And I'm taking January, February off for a surgery. So, yeah, I should probably go to work on a Thursday night. So, I went in for work. It's fucking horrible. By, like, 12 in the morning. We closed at 1. 12 in the morning, I'd only made $160. Pitching to my friends, and they were kind of all the same boat, around the same price I was at. And then, the gates of, I guess, heaven or hell, however you want to look at it, open. And this amazing man comes into my life and he took me for a bunch of fucking songs and ended up giving me $1,200 in the last hour. So that was fantastic. On top of that, he's pretty handsome and our conversation was so funny. I was fucking dying. He's hilarious. And um, we I don't know if I really danced at all. I think maybe I did like one or two songs and it was like very minimal dancing and pretty much we just sat upstairs and talked and laughed and it was oh I was like that this is like my favorite nights in this industry. Um, and better yet, so because there's cash like bang machines, the back room gentleman came in and told us, you know, after about half an hour of being in the back room that the ATMs were out of, out of money. And I'm like, oh fuck. Like anywhere anyone else I'd been with, I would have been like shit. I just dance for free pretty much because a lot of guys would sadly take that opportunity as a chance to you know hightail it out of there and not pay you and say oh I just had I had to take a cash and like blah 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 but he was such a gentleman 
He was like, I know you probably prefer cash. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> strippers always do. And also, I don't really like people having my number or um, email transfers having my email. So he was so polite. He waited for me to, you know, get change in the change room. He waited downstairs for me after, after the club closed. I went and got change, and then he came with me and my girlfriend to um, a bank up the street so he could take out the money for me. Um, and, yeah, so, like, props to him. Shout out to him for being a dope fucking human and a decent human and just totally making my night both financially and, like, mentally, emotionally. Like, he was such a nice guy, and I would 100% love for him to be a regular. He doesn't come in very often, sadly. But, um, yeah, it really made me made me happy that I went to the club, and I kind of, like... Uh, reinstated that I uh, I don't hate it all the time and that there are like dope customers still around in the club. So I opened up my Instagram to you all asking if you guys had questions. And you know, I get a lot of questions in general already from either things that you're that trigger you from the podcast. You're like, oh that's a good question or I wonder about that or can she explain that more? And a lot of them I, I will respond um, via message. But some of them, when I'm like, hey, I think other people have this question, I'll put it out as um, on the podcast. And I already had a few questions before I put that story up, but I also put the story saying, you know, hey, if you guys have questions for a sex worker, throw them at me. So I got a few questions here, and we'll just run through them, and uh, we'll call it a day. I know I said this episode would be the how-to episode, but, you know, I got a lot of questions, and I'm going to go do those today and then in a couple weeks I'm going to have a girlfriend join me and we're going to tackle kind of the how-tos of sex so um, I think it'll be fun to have two people kind of giving advice and, and feeding off each other so I, the how-to is coming I promise I will teach y'all how to take a good cock in your mouth but uh, you gotta wait for it <laughs> the build up <laughs> so first question was uh, from a lady regarding her relationship with her boyfriend and she is a current sex worker so she said hey i listened to your podcast episode with your boyfriend you seem super lucky he seems really supportive mine tries to be but he just isn't and i don't know what to do i think about breaking up quite often but i feel it's putting a wall between us when he's in a good mood, he'll give me ideas on how to make money. But at times, we argue, and he's like, well, look what I'm putting up with. But I always have in the back of my mind that self-doubt talk that I'll probably end up by myself because no one else wants to tell their parents their girlfriend's a cam girl. So I'm sorry. I want to start off by saying I'm sorry that someone who is so close to you um, flips on you like that and makes you feel shameful about your work. There is absolutely nothing shameful about sex work. And I know all this is going to be much easier said than done and, and much easier as a third party who doesn't really know you, has no clue who your boyfriend is. But it's, and I can only speak for myself, it's just not worth it having someone around you who belittles you or puts you down or tries to make you feel shame for something that you should not feel shame for. And, you know, when you're with a boyfriend and you're thinking, you know, we might be dating for for the long term, we might be dating to get married, is that something you want to be with long term? Is that a person who signed up to date a sex worker and then uses it to put them down, is that something you can deal with long term? Personally, for me, not a fucking chance. I could not. And, um, you know, maybe it's, no, not even maybe it's a hundred percent better to be on your own for a bit because there are people that are chill with a sex worker and understand that it is fucking work, just like every other work, every other job you're going to have. And as long as your relationship is strong and there's trust and love there your sex work has no impact on your relationship and you being a sex worker has no impact on you and it doesn't say anything about you it doesn't say you know you're not faithful or not loving or not intelligent or you're not worthy and um so for you know you're worried about you know being on your own and that maybe someone doesn't want to tell their parents you know what i'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it it's hard to find people 
who are going to be a legit sex worker ally. It is. And that might mean you are alone for a bit. But 100%, I would recommend being alone and happy and being happy with who you are and happy with the people you allow around you that are supporting you than sticking it out with someone who shames you for what you do. And, um, you know, I think that's a hard talk to have with yourself. And, And it's fucking hard to leave comfort and leave someone you love. But it doesn't sound like he's loving you how you deserve to be loved and loving all of you and everything that makes up who you are and every aspect and that's what you deserve so I also I maybe this is me being way too optimistic and positive which is not usually my standpoint trust me but you know with podcasts like this and podcasts like taking back slut and sex work education and sex workshops and lap dance workshops and I think we're seeing a shift, maybe a slow shift, but a shift in how people view sex work and how they view female sexuality as a whole. And, you know, I think, of course, that shift is happening first within the female community or self-identifying as females. And I think it is trickling down slowly into the male population that they're starting to look at sex work as, hey, that's legitimate work. And, hey, women have sexual needs and desires and those don't go away because we try to suppress them um so yeah maybe maybe you might have to wait a bit to find someone who who appreciates every aspect of you but fuck that's so worth the wait uh speaking of someone who has dated both people who were not supportive and now dating someone who is supportive of my work oh my god it um I could never go back to dating someone who made rude remarks on my work or put me down in any fucking way because of it. Um, so I, I highly, highly recommend that um, you you think on that and you know maybe you're alone for a bit and there's nothing wrong with that and make your money and, and involve people in your life that see you for who you are and and know you're worthy of love and respect and and all that good stuff that every other person in every other career deserves um but yeah i'm sorry that you're going through that and for sure keep me posted on um on how that's coming about i'm i'm very interested for you for it and uh yeah let me know i hope i hope that helps a little bit um but pretty much (laughs) in like the short and sweet of it like fuck him make money You know, like, fuck him, make money, and keep making money, and keep good friends around, and eventually the right person comes into your life. And you know what? It's not that bad even if they don't. Like, it's okay to be single, and I think that's something we constantly tell women, that if you're not in a relationship, it's because no one wants you. But maybe we need to, like, start looking at it as, hey, you know what? Maybe you're not in a relationship because you haven't found someone who's good enough for you, and that's fucking okay. Um, So, yeah keep me posted on that I also got a lot of questions about regarding the New York trip can Canadians work in New York so they can if they have papers you can't if you don't just like anywhere else if you're working outside Canada you need to have a work visa or have um, dual citizenship or something that legally allows you to work um that being said, of course, just like everywhere else, there's ways to work illegally. But before you make the decision, you should really, really know the potential consequences of that. I know if you get caught in the States working, you'll be bound for 10 years and it goes on your record, I believe. So yeah, just you just kind of need to weigh if it's worth it for you to take that risk. Um, or look into like, you know, working legally, look into getting a permit or um, what you have to do, a citizenship or all that and doing the proper legal route as well. I also got a random question that made me chuckle saying, what's your favorite Starbucks drink? So I go between these two. I either do a super basic bitch, uh, caramel macchiato with lactose free milk and always half sweet, or I do a hazelnut latte with lactose free milk and half sweet, or on days like this where my voice is just like fucking done, I will get, um, a honey citrus mint tea, which is delicious. And every one of my girlfriends who comes to talk to me, I get it. I let them have a sip and they always order one for themselves because it is so fucking good. It's like, it's like warm lemonade. It's, oh, it's so good. 
Um, I almost need a moment. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that just made me laugh, that question. Um, all right, I had another question, which is funny this was asked because it's something I've thought of. If you've recently seen photos of me, I dyed my hair. Um, I usually have jet, jet black hair. I dyed it to a, like, a really, really burgundy red. Um, in Inside, it looks almost like a really dark brown kind of but in proper lighting it it really does show up as a burgundy red so when I was dyeing it one of the things I thought was like do I appeal to the same demographic that I usually do with this hair color Um, will it cut me off from certain people because you'd be naive to think that in sex work looks don't play a part in who you're appealing to so um, I was like, you know what? It's not too vibrant out there. It doesn't really make me a niche sex worker. So yeah. So she wrote, Hey lovely, love your podcast. It's so beautiful and refreshing. And I listened to it the day you posted in my office at work. So this is something I question quite often. What are your thoughts on body art and either other body modifications in terms of attracting or repelling clients in the sex industry? Examples, sugar babying, escorting, or even stripping. I'm heavily tattooed, and as much as I love my ink, I'm aware that older straight males who have a large, or who are a large portion of the clientele, aren't always huge fans, and still very much prefer the in quotes angelic or innocent looking girls, who aren't always inked up heavily. The generational difference of what is seen as sexually attractive is of interest to me. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. This has been on my mind forever. 100%, you're not wrong. Um, it. In, for lack of better terms, if you play it safe and you have a very typical, natural look of natural hair color, um, less body modifications, whether that be you know, less tattoos, less piercings, you definitely do um, appeal to a larger demographic and maybe specifically to the demographic that you mentioned yourself, older white men who make up one, quite a bit of the clientele, and also... Um, look a large sum of the money you know those are the people that have money unfortunately are middle-aged white men often or a lot of disposable income so you're not naive in what you're saying you're i think you're right on the point um and also too like a lot of clubs won't hire you with unnatural hair colors or um excessive body art or excessive body piercings i know some of the ones i went to in new york they even say on the thing you know you must be able to hide all of your tattoos with makeup and and no piercings uh so yeah you do cut yourself off for some clients and you do cut yourself off for some um, places to work uh my suggestion though yeah my suggestion if you haven't inked yourself up would be and this is coming from someone who has many tattoos and i want to get rid of 90 percent of the ones i have mine are always pretty much hidden most people like most people have known me for years have no fucking clue i even have tattoos because mine are always pretty well hidden under clothing. But um, I want to get yeah get rid of about 90% of mine gone. But uh, my suggestion, if you're going to the industry, is to not get excessive body art, piercings, tattoos, hair cuts, or colors. Staying very safe is your best bet. That being said, if you are someone like the lady who wrote in, who is already inked and or someone just in general who wants to get inked or wants to have crazy hair colors or likes a certain look you're going to be more for a niche market and stripping necessarily in clubs might not be your best avenue i would highly highly recommend you're gonna get more of a niche clientele in your target audience if you're doing things online so if you're doing an only fans with the potential of targeting people who like a lot of tattoos. You know, looking at things like Suicide Girls, which is very much that look, and that's what they sell it as, is, you know, heavily tattooed, um, borderline gothic-looking women. And uh, so there definitely are avenues for women who look a certain way. Um, You just might not be as, unfortunately, welcomed in your... Um, in quotes, old school versions of sex work, such as brothels or strip clubs or massage parlors and and the likes. You might have to do a more more modern type of sex working, such as cam work or OnlyFans or Patreon or 
or um, or um, avenues like that where you can kind of reach a more targeted audience, more niche market. Um, next question. Is there a way to sell sex only to women like lesbian sex worker? Uh, for sure, there are. Uh, again, it's a niche, it's a smaller market. So you're going to have to target it. So you're going to have to, if you're selling sex, because, you know, you said it's the only way to sell sex. So if you're being a prostitute, you're selling sex, um, and you're on Backpage, Leo's List, I mean, sorry, Backpage isn't even around anymore. If you're on Leo's List in that, you're going to have to, um, you know, say, this is female seeking female clients. That's all you have to do. You just have to specify and, and weed out the men yourself. Uh, I don't know of any places in Vancouver that are female clients only, but um, there very much could be. I'm just not aware of that. And um, I can't speak on places outside of Vancouver because I just don't have the um, knowledge about it. But no, if you're going to be, if you're looking into prostitution and you want female clients only, you're just going to have to put that in your ads and turn away anyone who's not a female. And um, and be aware that the market is a lot smaller for female uh, female patrons, female uh, clients. So whether you that means you're going to bring your prices up or you're going to have to have a second job or... Um, so yeah, just be aware that it might not be as lucrative as opening yourself up to all, all genders. But it's, it is possible. What is the most annoying question you get asked on the regular? <laughs> I guess <laughs> it depends on where I am. So I, if a client's asking me a question, it's already annoying me. <laughs> but if some, and I guess it depends to how you're asking it or why you're asking it. If you're asking it because you generally want to know more and educate yourself, especially you want to get educated from a sex worker. Nothing you say is going to annoy me. I think all, all questions are completely fair. Um, but questions, I do encourage you to ask yourself why you're asking them is, you know, uh, why are you in this? Um, because it, what it's kind of saying behind those words is like, why would you do this? You know, you must have a, a reason. Please justify why you're in this job. Another question is, you know, do your parents know? And what you're saying, you wouldn't ask, you know, I don't know, a barista at Starbucks, you know, do your parents know you're doing this? Again, so what you're saying with a question like that is like, you should feel shame in some way to tell your parents about what you're doing. Your parents would not approve. Um... But that being said, I ask both those questions on my podcast to other sex workers because I know that are their questions that people ask and people want to know. People are generally curious, like, how does your family react? How, um, why did you get into this? How did you get into it? Um, so those are questions that need to be asked. I just think it's important we also look at the question itself and what's it saying and, and, and it might offend someone, right? So being aware of the way we're asked questions and the reasoning we're asking them and how it's coming across. But no, honestly, most questions don't annoy me um, in and of themselves. It's more so who they're coming from and, and why why they're asking it. So if I'm at the club and a client goes, you're too pretty, why are you doing this? Like, fuck off. Like, usually my response is, hey, if you want an ugly bitch, I can go find one for you. Like, you know, I'm usually pretty snarky back. Um, another question being, you know, do you even like this? Well, I'm a grown woman and I'm making my own choices. So I clearly don't hate it that much because I'm here. But also, too, you don't demand from other jobs that people like their job 24-7. And sex work is just like any other job. And I don't love it 24-7. And there's some days where I fucking love it. Like the last night at the club, the... Uh, guy really made my night. I generally enjoyed talking to him for that hour. So, you know, again, why are you asking the question? What are you hoping to learn from it? Um, but yeah, most questions don't really annoy me unless it's a drunk client asking stupid questions. It's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, 
is it and then the funny thing is why I said that question is annoying is the next question is is it all for show and money or do you actually enjoy doing your work sometimes so yes of course work is work and I put on a show and I work to make money yes but there are days where I fucking love my job I love the way I performed I love the money I made I got to encounter dope human who uh, generally appreciated the services I was providing. I got to hang with my girlfriends because they came into the club and we all worked. Um, we all got booked together. Uh, there are days, yeah, where I, I love my job. And more often than not, I do like my job. And uh, again, you know, we don't demand that criteria of any other work. You know, you don't demand the librarian loves her job every day or is she just smiling for show we don't ask the you know, barista, do you love making coffee? Are you really, do you really love all the clients that come through or the customers that come through? Are you really this friendly because you want to be? Or is it part of your job to be friendly? Right? So, again, just like any other job, some days I fucking love it. Some days I fucking hate it. And that's just, uh, that's just life. That's just the labor force. That's just having a job. Um, what else do we got? Do you have times of self-doubt and feeling like you're not good enough and tips for it so it's a pretty vague question most of the ones I get on the 50 plus a tip Instagram I assume it's it's sex work related so you know do I feel um self-doubt with regards to my sex working um job and, and am I good enough at the club so I am a bit of a unique case in the sense where I have much thicker skin than the average person and I don't deal with self-doubt very often but I think that kind of comes with deciding for yourself that you're going to do a job regardless of how people feel about it regardless of the backlash you get um, and so I think because I'm so like hey this is me take it or leave it I don't luckily deal with too much self-doubt I'm pretty happy with my life choices I've made the ones that I didn't like I've learned from in some way um and not feeling good enough I think it's it happens when you start to take the rejection and internalize it and you just can't do that in this industry you, you shouldn't really do it in general um so my advice for you is if you're dealing with self-doubt one, because the people you have around you are not supportive, then that needs to be fixed. So that's on them. That's not a you thing. And uh, you might need to cut some people out of your circle if they're the cause of your self-doubt. And um, if you're feeling like you're not good enough because of the club, if you're on stage or things like that, and it's, it's that sense, then I would recommend you know, take some classes, build your confidence up by learning some tricks and, and really nailing them. And if it's about your sales or... Um, learning more, you know, get on my workshop when I put it together and, um, you know, really take your career seriously and educate yourself and, and better yourself for the career. But if it's because people are saying no to you at the club or you're not selling dances, one, yeah, it could be your verbiage or it could be the way you sell, you sell, um, so I'd recommend maybe, you know, taking some courses and there's lots out there. You can take mine or um, any of the other strippers that put on courses. But um, if it's about your exterior, like you think people are saying no to you because the way you look, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it. It's probably not. In our industry, looks, of course, play a role, but there's so much more to it. And, you know, I... I, th I think I'm a, a pretty human. I'm an attractive human. And, you know, even saying that, that's not a cocky thing. I don't think there's any shame in knowing if you're attractive. You know, like, I think we tell women, like, we're supposed to only put ourselves down. Fuck that. There, yes, of course, I think I don't like about myself, but overall, I think I do okay. And that's not a shameful thing to say. That's not arrogant. That's not cocky. Um, that's just being real. And I think we need to support more women liking the way they look and, and, and stop saying that's a negative thing. Um, we don't always have to hate ourselves. But, um, but even for me, you know, there are days where people say no to me and then I turn around and they're taking a different girl who looks 
very different than me or looks very similar to me. And there's just something about her that he wanted and that I can't internalize that. And I would highly recommend that you don't either. Um, you know, when someone says no, just walk away and say, well, I wasn't for him. There's for every like, no, you're going to get, you're going to get a yes too. And for every yes you got, he said no to someone else. Right. So it's so individual. It's so, um, I just wouldn't place my self-worth on the no's and yes's I get in a club. Um, as long as you like what you got going on, you like who you are as a person, you're taking the courses for sales, you're learning tricks and, and you're becoming an expert in your field of sex work. Like, yeah, just, um, just constantly remind yourself, you know, for every yes I get, he said no to someone else. And for every no I get, he's going to say yes to someone else. And that's just how the game is, you know? Um, it's really usually has nothing to do with you, to be honest. Um, what's the worst thing you've heard from a client, his kinks slash demands or current situation? The worst thing. Um, well, fetishes don't bother me. Kinks don't really bother me. Um, I'm pretty no holds barred myself. So nothing really, I think is weird or crazy. Um, anything with children that, that bothers me. And I obviously feel a way about that. And, um, I will not partake with anyone who even likes that. Um, but yeah, I guess like the thing to me, that's the worst I hear is how people talk about their partners, especially to me, who's a stranger, you know, my wife, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I hate my marriage or like situations like that. And then, you know, I just wonder how their home life is and how that woman feels and, and that kind of thing. To me, that's the worst thing is to, um, put your partner down to a stranger. But, um, one sticks out in particular. I, uh, I was dancing for a guy and his, uh, I guess, wife was calling him in the club and he answered and, you know, <laughs> I'm literally sitting on his lap with my tits out and he's saying, you know, uh, no, babe, I didn't go to the strip club. I just dropped the guys off and yeah, like I'm, I'm in the taxi right now, babe. Like that's why it's so loud. And I just like sat there and was just staring at him. I was like, oh, like that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that I'll man or woman, I don't care the gender, is sitting in their house and their partner is partaking in something that clearly would make them feel unease and lying to them about it. And and so carelessly, um, to me, like, that is the worst thing I've seen. That's the worst thing I hear. I, I don't like um, disrespecting partners and, and um, yeah, and... and uh, and just kind of, like, fucking your partner over. That bothers me. That's the weirdest thing I think I've seen in this industry. Um, it's not really kinks, because I, I don't give a fuck. You guys know I cut my boyfriend, so... I know who the fuck am I to mention kinks are being weird. But, yeah. <laughs> um, ten. What is it like dealing with creepy old dudes? So, I, as you can guess, I'm. this is from a man. <laughs> so, he said, what's it like working with creepy old dudes as rather or something like that, rather than conventional so I asked him you know what what does the conventional mean and what do you mean in quotes dealing with them like having sex with them working with them what are you referring to so he said like I feel like if I ever use a sex worker my biggest issue would be that they dealt with creepy old guys before me and I said you know okay that's no worries I'm just trying to help just help me understand the question like you would be hesitant to be intimate with a sex worker because they may have also had in quotes unattractive clients before you or are you asking what the man the main difference is between being with young clients and being with older clients and he said yeah fair I guess I'm asking how do you differentiate as a sex worker a few times I want to be a sex worker but I got put off by the thought of her having been with older men in my men in my mind gross guys so I was just wondering what the thoughts were on the other side my my first thing I, I say is you know I don't recommend dating a sex worker then if um if their clients are going to bother you or if you demand they only have young clients they only have attractive clients and and you're kind of pushing yourself in a position of their work you know you someone today's sex worker really shouldn't have any say in their 
their work unless unless it's you know wearing condoms and and things that might impact their sexual health yes for sure but um I guess most things I think when people talk about questions in a sex worker I, I kind of flip it on them saying you know would you feel this way with a square so you know I said if, I, if you're worried about the woman before you having only been with attractive men sex worker or not then in order to kind of keep that theory of yours you must screen every woman you potentially want to fuck and ask for photos of every man they've been intimate with and see if they're up to your standard of what a conventional attractive man is. And my guess is you wouldn't fuck a single person because, in quotes, gross guys um, can be very many like different things for people. Like, you know, I said, he's probably been with women that in my mind I might think is gross. Or I've probably been with men that other people might think were gross that I didn't. You know, you know, I might look at someone's boyfriend and be like, oh, fuck, gross. And she's not even getting fucking paid to be with him. Uh, but yeah, so in the sense of how do I differentiate, it, work is work. And it's a transaction and it's business. And um, emotions, interests, desires, judgment, all that don't play a role in it. And also, too, I think sex workers have such a beautiful ability to look at someone and find something attractive in them and you know in quotes gross guys I've had clients that are substantially older than me and were complete fucking gentlemen and and so lovely to talk to and slow so lovely to interact with and I've had clients who you know were younger attractive men who were just heinous like I they grossed me the fuck out. I wouldn't even want to go for a dance with them. I wouldn't even let them go for a dance because, you know, their whole energy was gross. So um, I think it's an extremely shallow way to look at people, especially adding in the age thing, you know, older guys equal gross guys. In my experience, it's quite the opposite. Older men, I find much more uh, kind and lovable. And younger guys are usually the ones that are, act in really fucking gross ways. So I guess in short, you know, I, my recommendation be don't date a sex worker because you I don't think you would be able to handle it in a mature way. And also maybe challenge why you think older men are gross or and kind of ask yourself, you know, who are you to decide if someone's sexual past is up to your standards or not? Um, and I'm saying that, in, I, I know it sounds really harsh what I'm saying. I'm not saying to him harshly. I, I don't have any problems with this person writing in. I think, you know, what he asked is a, is a completely fair question. I'm sure a lot of particularly cis men wonder it. Um, but yeah, my recommendation would be just challenge yourself in how you think of what someone's past uh, has a say on being with you, like what, how it impacts you, and also what you think gross is. The last question I'm going to go over today is what is the most fulfilling aspect of your job that you want others to know? One, there, and I mentioned this on Jen's podcast, there is this sense of empowerment when we take the male gaze, which is something that's thrust upon us and we really can't ever avoid, and say, hey, I'm always going to be subject to this. I'm always going to have men hooting and hollering on the streets and making crude comments and sliding to my DMs. So, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to relish in it and I'm going to fucking capitalize and I'm going to make some damn money. If you guys think you can just, you know, harass me sexually for free, fuck that. You know, if you want to slide to my DMs and something crude, you're going to PayPal me. If you're going to try to grab my ass in a bar, I'm going to charge you. Um, you know, I think that's something that's really fulfilling to, to say, you know, Hey, um, and look at being born a woman as not some kind of curse that we have to, and having a vagina has to be something that we hide and keep safe and protect and, and, and shield it, um, and be more like, Hey, you know what? This is such like a power fucking move. I was born a woman and every aspect of me is marketable and that's so fucking awesome. And that's so fucking sexy. And I'm going to fucking capitalize on it. Um, that's really fulfilling. And then also too, like that clients aren't all shit. You know, there's some clients where you end the night and you're like, fuck yeah, that was such a good connection. That was so fun. Um, what a dope fucking person. Like my last night at the uh, club, those nights happen too. And that's really fulfilling too, to have a genuine good connection with another human. 
um, especially at work and for them to know what you do for work, know you're working and still not treat you any different than any other person they'd interact with that day. That's really fulfilling as well. So yeah. Awesome question guys. Um, keep them coming in. I fucking love them. Uh, if you did write in a question, I didn't get to it. Message me again. It might've just gotten lost in, lost in the, um, DMS. Or if I answered your question and you want to add something to it or explain yourself or question me more, throw me a message. I try to get to them all. Um, but yeah, also with regards to the sex work course, I promise it's coming uh, just slowly. <laughs> and with regards to the lap dance course, that is also coming. I'm super excited to pair up with Amanda from the Bad Academy and um, just offer a space for women to embrace their sexual energy and learn some fucking hot dances and uh, feel sexy for the night. So keep I'll keep you posted on that. Keep looking out for it. If you have an interest in it, throw me a message. And that's kind of all for this week. I am going to go crawl into bed, throw on my Hey You um, Second Wives Club, which I'm obsessed with right now, and take some medication and hopefully pass the fuck out and feel better soon. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Instagram at 50plusatip or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com and have a fabulous week and happy hoeing. 